You know, we always start a podcast with a uh, a Windows problem. I just noticed this morning I set a custom login screen. Mm. Uh, like a, just a picture, a custom picture for a login screen. Did mm-hmm. you know when if you have a passcode, when you click to put in the passcode, it switches off your custom login screen to the standard Windows login screen for the passcode screen? How silly is that? Uh, I feel like I knew that. Because I think that's how my computers at work work. Okay. I just feel... I It, it may be normal, but it feels unrefined. Yeah, because I don't have the custom login screen. So it's just like some random nature picture that Microsoft decided to show me today. Um, this this day was like an ice field and yeah, yesterday was boats or whatever. And it's just like whatever they feel like. I don't know. I don't know where they get them bang or whatever. It's just some random nature yeah. picture every day. Cool, man. Well, good morning. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hello. (laughs) We missed missed that part. Remember, I wasn't recording. I know, but it's still fun. It's still a good joke. Hello. I think I went too low on that one. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, we're Uh, not talking about Tim Rogers today. No, no, we should, though. Uh, More people should. Oh no, we're going to talk Star Trek. Welcome back to uh, Subspace Transmissions 2021. Yeah, man. A whole 117 years before uh the discovery goes missing into the future. I, dude. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, you're right. You got a long time. Is there any chance we have No, there's no chance, no. right? Not the way things are currently going. No. There's no chance. Well, we didn't have a World War Three, so that's part of the problem. I mean, is it? Yeah, no Zephram Cochran building a warp-capable ship inside of a nuclear silo. Yeah. There's no, there's no poetry. I'll, tra- I'll, tra- in. I'll trade the not having World War Three for the not having Zephram Cochran in a nuclear silo part, though. Yeah. True, because we probably would have died in the Borg attack. Mm-hmm. I mean, odds are. You know, yeah, I mean... It's not a good, uh, you know, or we die in the nuclear war of World War Three. Yeah, I don't like those odds. Yeah, the the survival odds are bad in all of those instances. Yeah, it's amazing to me, uh, including what we've seen here in episodes three, four, and five of season three of Discovery, Mm -hmm. uh, that the uh, Golden Gate Bridge does not uh, bow to anyone. Apparently, yeah, it's like more. the Golden Gate Bridge is more popular and more iconic than everything else in San Francisco. It's maybe. become, yeah, it's become the symbol of Starfleet in a weird way. Kind of weird? Uh, it's. I mean, it's fine. It, I mean, it, sure. it removes the need to have known anything about Starfleet HQ, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because they obviously have changed the look of it significantly here. Right. I do like the, uh, hey, we need to cover it in solar panels idea. That was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like the the future design of all of the future ships we see in these set of episodes. So I had a weird yeah. thing last night uh, when I was finishing off these episodes um, where my 
network was not allowing CBS. I don't know if it's a problem with CBS or it was a problem with my network. Everything's working fine now, but uh, I had to watch it on my phone. And so I have to go back and stare. I paused a couple times at the future ships, but they were kind of small. Um, Mm. I did love seeing the future ships, though, and the uh, Voyager shout out was direct and good. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, I liked that. All right, so we hinted at it. We're doing episodes three, four, and five of Discovery. With a little bit of feedback from everybody, we're going to shorten the recap-ish part. Go a little okay. faster. That's good. Yeah, and then make longer comments about the episodes. So uh, I'll hit the first one real quick. All right. Since it's probably the freshest for me. I watched them all this week. So. Okay, 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 okay. We find out in episode three. People of Earth, the pe- title of this episode. People of Earth. Um, that dilithium had dried up before the burn. Yeah. I think I'm going to pause here because I think this is important in the foreshadowing of the mystery of the burn. But didn't didn't Discovery back in whatever year that girl create a way to create dilithium? She sure did. Okay. But apparently... They forgot it. She never shared it with the galaxy... I see. They forgot all about it. Yeah, I have that note right here. Wasn't okay. dilithium... Uh, what, what was the word that they used? Wasn't dilithium rechargeable or whatever? She, she yeah, found a way to they reuse re- it. Weren't they regrowing it or something? Yeah. I want to recrystallize or something like that. Yeah. I, I had this thought immediately upon them saying this. And I was like, hmm... If the solution to this whole dilithium burn thing is that Discovery had this technology all along, I'm kind of going to be mad. Are you, though? I mean, I don't know. If if every character on the show is so dumb as to not think of this until episode 9 or whatever the end of the season is, I will be mad. How about that? If... If Tilly doesn't remember that her awesome friend has this device and came up with the idea and that they can't figure it out a thousand years in the future. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we're going to have to we're going to have to talk about that. I think you're right. I think this yeah. is why we paused here. Um, yeah, because this is a, a big deal. Dilithium dried up and then obviously some sort of sabotage either from an alternate dimension, an alternate timeline, uh, a future or past person, or some sort of terrorism blew up the rest of the dilithium, right? It seems pretty mm-hmm. obvious at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it seems they certainly want us to think that. Yeah. Right. I still think there's a chance it's like a horrible Federation experiment gone wrong, but it's... It's hard to know. They certainly want you to believe that it's some kind of, like, evil alien force or something. Or maybe, you know, the really good writing here, and this is why I'm pausing on it, because this is cool. The really good writing here would be that idea she had to recharge the dilithium. They never Mm -hmm. used it until it dried up, and then oopsie-daisy. Oh, and that caused everything. Oh, yeah, there you go. That would be good. That would be good. 
Okay. We've we've written our way out of this one. Hopefully we Yay. find out later in Discovery that this is true. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> it's not too late. They could change it. Oh, no. All the episodes are already out. Uh, huh? <laughs> yes, we know we're behind. We know. We like to watch them once they're all out. I personally do. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, Burnham catches us up on what she did in the last year. She, mm-hmm. her hair grows out. Yep. Um, and that's, I mean, it's a nice little catch up moment, but you know, we kind of basically got the idea when we saw her on the screen mm-hmm. and this is the important character reveal that she sort of gave up on the ship ever showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a really great comment that Giorgio makes. When somebody says that all the dilithium blowing up isn't possible, she said, we're on a ship that jumps through mushroom space. I, I wrote this quote down, too. I said, says the man who jumps his starship through mushroom space. <laughs> uh, Giorgio stays winning as the character with a lot of the best one-liners in this show. I get a little worried about Giorgio in the middle of episode four. Yep. And I get a little less worried about her in episode five. Mm, interesting. But I get worried about her in episode four. We'll see. Yeah, we'll talk about her for sure, because like, there's stuff to talk about. So so the crew gets all back together. Everybody's It's a hug fest for a lot of the episode. And a lot of cringe starts to creep in here. It's a little bit overwhelming. Yeah, but- I this episode in totality just really kind of bummed me out, man. I was just, after watching... This episode, I think you know, we'll talk more about it as we go along. But yeah. I just, I think by the end of this, I was just and like, it's, it kind of started around here is that I was just like, I don't know if it was the place I was in mentally when I was watching this or, or just what I was just so tired. I, I just didn't want to <laughs> do this. Yeah. I had a hard time. Oh. I had a hard time keeping it. Uh, Keeping it real. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I try I, to put I, myself into discovery because a lot of discovery, especially with, with their narrative driven stuff is kind of super on the border of uh, fantasy. And, and yeah, totally. sometimes you're just like, why would you do that? A lot of times we're like, there's a better way to have done this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of have to invest in the belief. Yeah. I, and, and uh, have- yeah. Yeah, so much here. So, like, what do you think about them making Saru the captain? So, I I guess that's that's, yeah. I mean, that's that's directly related to what we were talking about here, because it just sort of happens. Burnham's been gone from the from them for only a few minutes, right? But she's been gone a year, and so they all just defer to her. And it's like, this is the opportunity you'd have to show everybody the ropes. Mm -hmm. But she just says, "Nah." She can't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's... And and then she's like, Saru, it's always been you, man. It's always been you. And so yeah. you're, the, about, you're the captain. What about Giorgio, who outranks Saru? Uh, I mean, I think it's smart not to put her in charge. <laughs> Probably don't want to put her in charge, right? I mean, I can't think... blame anyone for not putting Giorgio in charge. I think it's pretty obvious that they've been working to create Saru as a captain. Yeah, I I am not opposed to it. I think he's fine. I like his character. I think in general, this is 
I think that's a pretty lofty statement from us, given where we were in season one and midway through season two on Saru. Oh, I think the character change he underwent in season two was a big reason that he's bearable, yeah. <laughs> right? Like the the character that Saru was in season one, if they made him captain, would have been an unbearable mess just of, you know, cowering and constantly being forced to not run away and, and having to oh, constantly he's... be told by people that he needed to, you know, make a decision, up, make a decision yeah. and not waffle. And yeah. And, and, you know, I think Saru's a lot better as a character now and I'm uh, okay with him being the captain. I don't have we'll, like, you know, we'll, we'll get to episode five and wonder about whether he yeah. can be a captain or not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Disco has the lame bots now. All of a sudden, all over, dude, everywhere. Uh, I all of a sudden, Disco has the lame repair bots. Yeah. Uh, and then we get like a peek behind the curtain as some characters start to have breakdowns about their decision. It kind mm-hmm. of seems like it's only been like six hours since they were dropped into the future. My, Not several days. Yeah, it seems like it maybe it's a little early for the uh, everybody's dead and gone kind of stuff. I think you'd well, still Andrew, be. I'm sorry that this trend continues. Well, I mean, I guess it, it should settle in eventually. Like, huh? But they all made that decision pretty forcefully made in season two, so mm-hmm. you'd expect some of them to be like, "I'm fine with it." You I mean, know, I think, like, you know, I, I think it is a, well, it, what, it, no point in talking about it here because I think half of episode four is talking about this. Absolutely. Stuff, so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like United book. Or, I like book a lot. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I was book, sad that he didn't stay. Book uh, shows up uh, to help the discovery do something. No, she, she convinces no, they, they were, book to they, go. They were on the ship together, right? Like, he brought her back to them. She has her own and... ship? It's no. implied she has her own ship, but then we never see it. Uh, she uses Book's ship for everything after that, so... I... Mm, okay. I didn't get the implication that she had her own separate ship from him. Uh, hmm. But uh, you could be right. I don't know. Yeah, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, she convinces Book to go to Earth because he can start in a new in a new quadrant, and right. maybe they might need his help. And so he's like, "Yeah, fine, whatever. I guess I'll go because there's no point in saying no to you." Right. Um, they decide to use the spore drive. JJ. Yeah. I hate the spore drive. Yeah. I st- I've hated the spore drive for a long time, and I still hate the spore drive. We talked about how we hated it when they first invented it, and we said that it was going to be a problem. I hate and it more now. Lo and behold, it yeah. has retained its ability to be a problem. So, uh, yeah, they jump to Earth with the spore drive. And okay, I want to point out, I want to point out that something they do here. They're like, oh, we ain't, we got to jump outside of their sensor range, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Gotta be Earth's so we, sensor range. Yeah, so we just like show up, you know, like ah, look, it's us. We're here. We just flew back normally, like normal people. We're not crazy. I'd like to know what Earth's sensor range is, considering the uh, shipyards on Mars should still exist. Nah, bro. I'm sure the burn blew those up. Don't worry. It's fine. Well, uh, you know, maybe they didn't rebuild. No, they... I mean, they, they said they were them, rebuilding they, them in Picard. They... 
Bro, a thousand years. Um, the burn. They answered everything is the burn. Yeah, okay. Uh, they jump like beh- past Saturn, right? Because you see them fly by Saturn in one of the shots. Very quickly. Yeah. Uh, they can't spend the FX budget on this, okay? They got to save it for... I understand. It's fine. That episode that five, shield that shield on top of Earth was a lot of money. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. And there's a lot of stuff in episode four that looks cool. And episode five, they got to spend the money there. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, they they make a big deal about jumping outside of the sensor range. Sure. I just want to point that out. Moving on. Okay. United United Earth Defense Force, Andrew. How yes. do you feel about that? For the uh, UDF or UEDF, what are we calling them? I think they called themselves the UDF. I which think then where did right. Earth go? Maybe United Earth is one word or something. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I don't I don't quite get the acronym here. I mean, in terms Me of I'm pretty sure she said United Earth Defense Force. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm and then said UDF. Certain. Whatever. Uh, they can't go to Earth. Earth doesn't know who they are. Earth is not part of the Federation anymore. Yeah. Uh, that's, man. Crazy that... Am I wrong that the that Earth started the Federation? I think it was... So it's like Vulcan, Earth, and Doria? And... Okay. Like the founding members. You're yeah, there's of? there's four founding members okay. of the I Federation. I'm not I looking it up. Think I don't care. But the I think Earth they, was one. They of them, do right? it during. Um, they do the Federation starts during uh, Enterprise. Uh, you're right. Yeah, Archer is a big part of that because he brings the Andorian War to an end. Right. I hadn't. I haven't watched Enterprise in a super long time. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that would be like, yeah, Earth, Vulcan, Andoria. There's one more. There's four. The people, the people Andoria are at war with? Uh, I thought that was Vulcan. Oh, Tellarites. Vulcan. There you go. Tellarites is okay. the last one. Sure. Yeah, so it, Earth, one of the founding members, not being a part of the Federation anymore, probably tells you... Things are bad. Yeah, where's Vulcan? That's what I want to know. Did we blow up yeah. Vulcan in the real timeline now? Oh, my God. <laughs> it is true, though, that they don't mention Vulcan, and you don't see Vulcans really. Yeah. Uh, very, all. very surprising that Michael Burnham wouldn't be like, what's up with Vulcan? I know, right? Yeah, At any point in this story. Yeah. Uh, but they were they were here looking for a signal from the Admiral or whatever. Admiral uh, Senatal has sent a signal 12 years ago that said Federation people come to Earth. And then uh, the Federation apparently moved off Earth 100 years ago. Yeah. Questionable what that signal was about. Uh, he, It sounds like they had a working relationship with the Federation, but they they decided to go their own way. Mm, I see. You know? Uh, where they said they were independent, they were self-reliant. There was no reason that they needed to be part of the Federation anymore. Everybody in Sol or you know whatever they call it, yeah, the uh, was system. Earth system was self-reliant. So, uh, okay, I yeah, they stuffed Booker in a uniform, which was kind of a very funny scene. 
Uh, in fact, the running gag it. about his uniform is very good. I, 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 I don't use this word lightly. Lightly, I love Booker. I love it. Yeah, he's good. He's good. I, I like his him he, and his character. He also makes Burnham better. Yeah, it gives her someone to play off of. That is, uh, he less. He, tied to the rest of the the crew and that is interesting for her i think everyone on the crew she has a good relationship with tilly this is a good Mm -hmm. pausing point because we see the relationship with tilly already is strained where she says oh you gave up on us Mm -hmm. she says yeah you know i still love you guys and she's like yeah well i still know you but very obviously every there's going to be a lot of tense moments over the next couple episodes of well, I know what to do here because I've lived here and you guys don't. And and that tension is good. But I miss her being able to play off Booker after this first episode because yeah, when they're on this ship later in this one, you get the feeling of, I mean, this is really just the acting, just being stellar between those two of, yeah, we've been together like a year in this capacity of just like, just... Her her just instant dig at like your fat cat and she's like, you know, yeah, you can imagine that conversation having happened a million times. They are the well oiled machine, you know. They have all their, uh, you know, they, they know how to work together. They know how to get things done. They know how to solve these kinds of crises. Uh, and you know, uh, Discovery finds itself in a crisis uh, very quickly, almost immediately here, right? Yeah. Uh, the. I, I do enjoy more of the transporter stuff here. It's just like the uh, Saru's like, well, we'll happily beam you over. And then it, like the ship fills up with inspectors like within 10 seconds. I would like, like to ask why their shields were down. Yeah, great question. Um, you know, it's, it's Earth. I'm sure they're fine. Everything's fine. No one has been mean to us ever at all in the course of our time here in the 20, not 33rd century. Yeah, I would like to know why their shields were down. It was very funny. What are those little uh, platforms? That, uh-oh. Oh, everyone's here. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah, the little personal transporters are good. I think that they are a problem just like the spore drive. Oh, yeah. A big one. Uh, and, and, in fact, skipping over a little bit of stuff like, you know, the – the earth people are saying we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna inspect the ship because and then we're gonna do some stuff and meanwhile uh the transporters get sabotaged right and all yeah, those instant back with a crisis we, we talked about this in the first episode of this we season we talked about God. this in the first episode of the season these personal transporters are gonna be a problem and they're gonna have to make a thing that makes them not work every time gonna, that they yep, don't want them low, to work low and behold immediately they show up again immediately they are sabotaged again because it's convenient to not have them right it's convenient to have them until you don't want to have them anymore i don't have any understanding other than the fact that uh adira wants to stay on the ship of why they could not have let everybody else beam out and she just hid yeah totally right What, what what was the this is overthinking the problem well, Adira has to stay on the ship. So if Adira has to stay on the ship, she wouldn't let anyone else leave the ship because she'd need to cover for herself in case the ship... It's like, nah, man. She's a 16-year-old girl who is very interested in staying on this ship. Maybe she'd and just it, stay on the ship. 
and like even if you don't know that she's very interested staying on the ship because you don't learn that till the very end right but like what if she's just a 16 year old girl who has an idea in her head that she wants to do it and is headstrong and decides to do yep. this because it's exactly 16 year old girls sometimes do that yep and exactly. i think that's a you don't need to like you invented a problem has solved your way out of a problem that you invented instead of just letting the character do the work here. And that is a problem with this show, I think, just in general. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. It's really, really unfortunate because I liked... I, well, I don't know. I talked about being, like, really... This episode just was really... Uh, I don't know. Depressing is the wrong word. But, like, it felt like it was, like, weighing me down. Yeah. And the, the further the I got... Yeah, and the further I got from this episode, the more I started liking the show again. Yeah, yeah. So let's get out of the weighed down episode quickly. Uh, yeah. Giorgio has a great line I don't want to gloss over because I hope it's not ignored, but I want to say it out loud because I think it will be. She says, mm. you got a taste of freedom, and now you know this is not your place. Mm. I really hope they play with this and her character and it makes me afraid that book is now gone because without book there they can easily ignore this mm. i bet book comes back okay uh avengers style towards the end of the season i do not watch next dawns so uh that would be a surprise to me I would hope. Well, I, I don't know. So I, I'm just okay. I, going off of what happened last season, right? We created a Motley crew uh, over the course of 10 episodes or whatever, and they all came back at the end of Avengers style. So, um, you know, as I get older, do I actually like Motley crew? The band? Yeah. I haven't heard their music in a super long time, so I don't know if I can answer that question. Okay. I think maybe. Okay, move. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I, okay, I just okay. thinking about Motley Crue now. But let's uh, let's discuss here a little bit. What do you think about the them it reintroducing the trill here? Oh, oh. So we we didn't really we didn't really finish this. We let's talk about the trill at the end. Okay, because I have a lot to ask about the trill. Uh, I mean, look, we can we can blast through this. The Raiders show up. They attack. Uh, they try to get the dilithium. You think they're aliens? Because UDF says they're aliens. I don't know her name. I just her name's not important. The UDF no, lady. Not uh, Book and Burnham disregard orders and save the day. Yep. Uh, and then Giorgio, the great and wonderful and <laughs> easy out for the writers because she's amazing and has been written perfectly. Mm-hmm. Kicks the dude in the back and rips his helmet off because she already knows what's up. Uh, yeah, Saru brings them on to negotiate, right? Yes, and, it's very much, and you can see what it is. It's like, look, the Federation is good. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Saru's trying to pull up a card here and, uh, n- and negotiate the parties to a settlement. You know, does not do it well until no, uh-uh. until, until Zorzo yep. kicks the the uh, alien quote unquote down. It turns out he's just a human. And yep. He's wearing a helmet. Yep. Which, by the way, is the UDF like so bad that they can't tell things are yeah where's the where's the scanner that says all these people are human i don't understand like like seriously 
they're from Titan. Titan blew up, and they have no food and no dilithium and no way to get themselves out of this problem. Everybody's dying. And uh, they they eventually come to some kind of really baby agreement. So Saru says, look, it's great when you talk to each other. The end. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the uh, the girl, Adira, wants to stay on the ship. That's the end, right? Yeah. Adira with a shield blocker lady uh, who apparently knows all the, the ship's ins and outs uh, for yes. some reason. Not explained, yeah. Uh, well, it is explained. Not explained here. But yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we find out at the very end uh, that Adira is going to stay. She says she could help them find Tall. Oh, okay. So once the UDF are gone, she says, I am Tall. Mm-hmm. And then we're left to say what? And then uh, yeah. the explanation of the Trill returning. Let's talk it about is. the Trill. Yeah, man. Uh, did so, DS9 try to explain this non-human thing? I think they did, but I can't remember. This was also going to be my question because I, you know, they, uh, Odira is human. Yes. Not Trill. Correct. Right? Tri- and, so, so it's tough. Uh, just a reminder for some people because this is a, a complicated thing and something that I want to talk about in the next episode a lot. Well, the Trill yeah. are a, a not a race. A single race. The Trill is like a name for a planetary race, right? Um, there, There is a symbiotic, they call it a symbiont. Yes. I don't know why they did that, uh, but they call it that uh, symbiotic relationship between two races on the planet Trill, which comprise Trill, right? So there could right. be, there are many Trill that are human-like aliens, that are not symbiotically joined, and then there are uh, Goa'uld style trill. <laughs> that wow. Are... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that are that, joined that are with the symbiont, right? And yes, and they, they have generational memory. Correct. The symbionts have uh, seem to have some sort of way to pass memories along to the person they are joined with, and so then you. They then are the new person joined with the symbiont and then also remember the past lives of other people the symbiont have been joined with. Yeah. So this is your Ezri Dax, Jadzia Dax, Curzon Dax uh, lineage there. And I feel there was more Daxes we learned of uh, over the course of that show. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and we learned that Tall is the symbiont inside Odira here. Right. Uh, and the, the Admiral's name, who I've completely forgotten already, was one of the, uh, you know, the people, uh, was one of these joined trills. Uh, so whatever Tall was his name, because Tall's the symbiote and the other guy is the name. And yes. I feel like you are right in that DS9 talked about non-human joinings as being a thing. I I can't remember. I or, or sorry, non-trill joinings, right? I remember them trying to say human joinings weren't a thing. Were not a thing? Yeah, because they couldn't be a thing. Okay, due to like anatomy or something. Yeah, because when when uh, spoilers, <laughs> Jadzia yeah. dies. DS Nine, yeah, spoilers. Uh, I'm pretty sure they have to try and keep 
Dax alive waiting for Ezri to come. They do, yeah, that definitely happens. And they try to do it in a host. Oh man, my memory is really bad on this. Do they put him in Cisco for a bit? I, don't, I think they put him in somebody and then move him, don't they? Yeah. I think I, you're right. I think they do. I think they do. Yeah, I think Bashir... Does Bashir put him in Cisco? For a bit? God, we should have looked this up, because... That really seems important. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, a thousand years or whatever, who knows. Um, yeah. But I... I I feel like this was addressed before, and when they brought this up here that there was a trill inside a human, I was like, I did the like wide-eyed double take, like, huh? Look at the thing, because I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not allowed. Uh, hmm. I guess it is allowed now. So here we yeah, are. I guess. Uh, but she also then doesn't have the memories, um, which I guess is explained here in episode yeah, four. I, I'm never going to figure this out while we're doing a podcast. So no. if you if uh, you know the answer to this human yeah, thing, please, it's very confusing. Please write us. Uh, write us. If you, I, yeah. I, I yeah. truly want to know the answer here because like I, I <sighs> I'm swear very they talked about this in DS9 and explicitly said it can't be. Okay, so let's get back on track. The fascinating thing about this is that nobody from their timeline would know what a trill is yet. Is it? Oh, uh, I guess not. We don't meet the trills until the, uh, later, right? The trill haven't joined the Federation by the time uh, they would have left. Right. Because that's all like um, DS9 era stuff, right? Or, well, a little before DS9. I they guess. joined before because... Because Jadzia is already in the, the Enterprise in TNG sends a host for somebody. So by twenty, uh, yeah, okay, by twenty three something, the Trill have joined the Federation. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I would not be surprised if it was before that by you know a hundred years or whatever. That would still be fifty years after they had left. Right, right. Um, so they don't know what a trill is, and they're like exploring the idea of like, well, apparently there's like this thing inside her that shouldn't be inside her. It's kind of funny. It's like it's like wrapped around her heart, and like, oh gosh, and she's like, no, it's protective. Nah, it's all good, man. It's all good, man. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Weird. Yeah. Off-putting. Not. I found I found the actress um a little off-putting. Oh, who? Uh, the Adira. Adira actress? Oh. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Something about her, like, I don't know. I, I didn't like her too much until... I would not be surprised. Until after the end of episode four, I would guess. I would not be surprised if... Uh, and, oh, man. Hmm. Yes? I'm trying to think of – I would not be surprised if she's trying to play a different role, if they explain to her ahead of time. I, Who knows? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know, like, what, what it is, but she changes in episode four. So I – Yes. You know what I mean? Like I said, it, it bothered me a lot less after the events of episode four and that she yeah. just felt like a – she felt like a person after that, and I didn't wasn't so 
annoyed by her. Yeah. I don't she know. goes by her in the show, but I think she goes by they in li- in real life. Oh, okay. Kind of a conf- it's kind of a weird like she's playing a they also. Uh, but none of the none of the Daxes went by, go by they, right? They, yeah. Yeah. And we know that some of them went by he because Curzon did. Curzon and, went by he, yeah. And Jadzia goes by she, so Yeah. Strange. Yes. Strange to keep track of, not strange. The actress, you know what I mean? No, I mean it, she goes by whatever she goes by. It's just the, the, yeah. the, the what do you call a joined symbiote question is, I think, confusing no matter what. <laughs> so what uh, exploring <laughs> the symbiont yeah. has always been a really cool thing, and we're gonna get to it here in episode four. Let's blast through to the end. Yeah, because like all it, ah, the trails are weird and religious fanatics or whatever. Uh, I don't know. We get a eh, good whatever we get is. a good preview from Detmer that things are not all right with most of the ship. I mean, it was it's been clear that that is the case with her specifically for a bit. Here, Col- so. Yeah, well, so Colbert gives us a rundown that no one is okay. Yeah, uh, Adira says she doesn't. She woke up in an escape pod and doesn't know how she got the trill. So they decide to go to trill and see if. Uh, the Trill are still friendly and or alive and or part of the Federation. Mm-hmm. Spore. And we just jump, we just jump right drive. in. Gosh. Jump, jump right in. Darn it. No, not out of sense of range or anything. We're just jumping right next to the planet. NBD. Just going to show up. Look, guys, we're here. Um, you know, there would be a good opportunity uh-huh. here to say things like, I guess they don't like to travel by warp because dilithium, but whatever. You know, like traveling by warp, you get an episode in the middle here because you can't get to trail right away. The spore yeah. drive is such a crutch. It's amazing. No, I just mean like the, this is the part where I said, remember how they showed up outside of sensor range? Well, they didn't this time. They just jump right into sensor range. Who cares? Whatever. Why did we do that before? Good point. This is their whole thing. Is like we can go wherever we want. We have to be careful. We don't want uh, people know we have this powerful spore drive technology. The people on Trill aren't going to be like, "Hey, this ship just showed up out of nowhere instantly." That's kind of weird. Boo! Boo! <laughs> boo! This show. Boo! Boo! People who overthink the personal com- transporters, not overthinking the jumping of the drive. I know. Oh. Oh, All right, man. whatever. Let's finish blasting through this episode because yeah. it's like not. So uh, Burnham and Adira go down to the surface. It's really like the whole rest of the episode is not worth talking about almost. Yep. Uh, we have some sort of jurisdiction fight. <laughs> it's like so silly. It's just uh, a lot of like, ah, oh, the religious people don't want the human is going to profane their religion or whatever. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, so whatever. the Trill don't have enough hosts, so they're dying. Yeah. Uh. And so they haven't they haven't changed it all to try and you know with the burn and everything they can't anyway. But it's right. interesting that they haven't tried to get other hosts or whatever. Uh, they made it sound like they tried it once hundreds of years ago, but it was a horrible failure. Yeah, and so yeah. we never want to do it again because the hosts or the trill the symbiotes are so precious. We don't want to lose them, and yeah. it's uh, uh uh inevitably everything's in pew pew. Yep. As as does Discovery often. Uh, there's an opportunity for no pew pew there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, uh, I'm the guy in the red coat, and I'll just I'll lay, lead them back to their ship. I promise. 
and then they just don't pew pew everybody yeah because he sneaks them into the cave why is that hard yeah I think, uh, you know, this was a chance for there to be, like, a peaceful resolution and a talk-out-the-solution thing, but we sent Burnham instead of Saru, so we gotta shoot everyone. <laughs> Bur- Burnham's playbook, you know? <laughs> just... I know, that's why I'm saying, like, you know, there was a chance for peaceful resolution, but Saru chose not to go, and we sent Burnham instead, so we gotta shoot people. I love, I love the idea that there's... It's like if you could have sent know, Picard, right? You yeah. sent, instead of sending Picard, you sent Worf. And it's like, ah, you're going to get what you're going to get. You send Worf and send Picard, <laughs> you know? You know how, um, you know how Boimler you- ends up in, in the history books for the uh, for his thing? <laughs> the Boimler uh, incident or whatever they yeah, call it. Yeah. yeah, the doctrine. The Boimler yeah, the doctrine. Boimler doctrine. That's yeah. what it is, yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a there's another one to be had here where she's she's taught in schools as well. It's like, yeah, the thirty uh, eighth century schools know yeah. about the the Burnham conundrum where if you send a, a Burnham instead of a Saru, you get shooting time. Speaking of Saru, there's a good pause to make here where so Saru is asking the computer because he's a terrible captain how to make mm-hmm. his crew better. Yeah. It's like, really? Come bro, on, this man. is the problem. This is the problem, bro. You're asking the computer. Yeah. That's the problem. You're a captain now. You're supposed to figure this stuff out. Uh, they do this to point out a different thing that is happening, which is um, the computer in Discovery is becoming sentient. The ship is weird, man. It's becoming the ship from the short. Yeah, it is actually, right? Yeah. Right, because it's suggesting classic movies. Mm-hmm. It's trying to protect the crew, just like it tries to protect um, the guy from the short. Mm-hmm. So we get a little preview that apparently Discovery will be indestructible. We never have to worry about it. Uh, Are reverse spoilers? Reverse spoilers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it's a cool tie-in. I mean, uh, it's nice to know that the shorts are not disconnected from reality in a way well uh, and all the little the little repair robots are real too because we saw those at a short and now uh, i knew you weren't gonna be happy with that uh, <laughs> uh, so saru hosts a dinner which is not what the computer told him to do uh I, it was like the second suggestion right of the old computer and then the computer went sentient right, right. with the red screen and was like yo have a movie yeah 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 which is what the uh, computer does in the future. Predictably, the dinner goes bad. <laughs> Although, uh, Giorgio voices lots of true statements and then starts making haikus, which I loved. Uh, yes, that was very fun. But uh, this I'm is where I worry about Giorgio. Right here is where I thought, oh, no, she's just going to become the punchline of this show. She's the person with the witty one-liner. And that's not good. For the person that is also uh, going forward, very much the mental crutch of this show, the the mental, I don't know how to say this the right way. It's, this is what I was talking about before the show, about how it's early and, and there's a few things I want to say. But Are, are you saying that Giorgio is like the, the character the show leans on to force action? Yes, in a way, often Burnham creates 
the next section of story. Mm-hmm. But when they get stuck somewhere or when they need something interesting to happen or when they need a character to change or us for, for us to see something from a new perspective, oh, yeah, we got Giorgio in the cargo hold. Let's go get her real quick. Hold on. Okay. You I know what I mean? So, see, so like, in the first episode here of this three-episode arc we watched – they were stuck. They There was no way out of what they had written in that briefing room until she kicks him in the back. Right, yeah. There's no way to get through this dinner without creating the breakdown, without Giorgio's snippiness starting to bleed yeah. into the other people. I think the snippiness would have come out anyway, based on all the various characters here. Uh, and how... I mean, like... If it wasn't her, it would have just been Stamets and Tilly getting into a fight. Yeah. Right? Yeah, or, maybe. you know, or, um, shoot, what's her name? I think, the, I don't know. I the think table. there's a, anyway, there's a decorum to Saru. And that's part of the problem that they're having actually on the ship is, right? Like, he doesn't have the captaincy yeah. to connect with people in a yeah. way beyond... Oh, look at Saru, the pillar of decision making, and well, not really, but but in their minds, I guess maybe. Sure. Uh, yeah. And and Starfleet value and all that sort of stuff. He's not he he laments not being Pike at the end of this, and so I imagine that dinner being stuffy, quiet, and done without anything happening without. Georgiou to put her feet up on the table, drink a lot of wine, and say, you know, irreverent haikus. Yeah. I I understand what you're saying, and I, I think I agree generally that the show leans on Giorgio a little more than probably it should. One of many faults of the show, it I suppose. It leans on Giorgio without giving anything back to her right now. I yeah, don't I, understand and- what she's doing there. Beyond but, filling scenes. And I think they uh, they talk about that a little bit in episode five, but I agree with you that why did Giorgio come? It doesn't make, like, in terms of the, her character, like, she ha- she loves Michael, and so that's why she came? Is really the only answer we have from season two? And nothing that has happened in season three has furthered her character at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's more interesting stuff to talk about Giorgio with in, in episode five here. So we'll come back to her probably. Of course we will. Yeah, of course. Uh, Detmer breaks down finally. Uh, so we get to finally move on from that. All right. Back to the important stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, everyone in the crew is having a tough time and they have to deal with it. Uh, they have a big movie at the end. That's the whole ship story. All right. Yeah, we talked about it. the planet. So uh, <laughs> this is vintage discovery. She gets in some sort of water bath to connect yep. with her symbiote, symbiont, symbiont. Uh, this is, uh, d- maybe I am misremembering, but I feel like we have been to these pools in DS9 at some point. Maybe. Did Jadzia take us here at some point? Or did we come here with Jadzia at I'm some point? I feel like we pretty sure have. we did. You're, I'm pretty sure I've seen Cisco in these pools or yes, near these Yes, that's what pools. I mean. Yes. Yeah. And then I... Hmm. 
Yeah, I definitely think that they were there. Uh huh. I think you're right. I'm trying to remember. I remember Cisco and Pools, so it must have been it. Yeah, Jadzia must have gone there for some reason, having some sort of problem with Dax or something. Because it seems Could like be, this yeah. is for fixing problems. Uh, yes. Yes. However, <laughs> right. In this instance, a thousand years in the future, they remember how to do all this stuff, but uh, they've never seen anything like this before. It's really funny. So, so she gets sucked down to the bottom for some reason. Everyone shows up and says, "This is you can't be doing this." But then. When she gets sucked down to the bottom, they say, okay, Burnham, go ahead and jump in the sacred pools. It's fine. You you we, can save her. Certainly none s- of us who have done this before could. <laughs> well, she has to connect with her because she knows her, right? Yeah. I see. But, but we've never seen this happen before, but we know exactly what to do. You get in right. there. We've got these poles that we're going to stick in the water that we don't know how to use because we've never seen this before. But jump in there and we'll use these poles perfectly to help you do the thing that we know you should do because we know exactly what to do. It's very silly. Yes, it is. But I know why they did it. Because they wanted to go to the, like, cerebral land with the symbiote world or whatever you want to call it. They wanted to go to the land of special effects budgets. It's really pretty. But Uh, but the second we got in there... I realized this is the whole point of this whole episode. Yep, it was. We did all this stuff that makes almost no sense to get to this special effects cave. Yes. With tendrils everywhere. Yes. Uh, She reconnects with her memories because Burnham convinces her to. We find out that her boyfriend of the past had been a trill who died in some sort of collision in space and she was given the symbiote to protect it. Right. But the trauma of that death, she had blocked and therefore couldn't connect to to the circle. Right. And so it is, this is the, her spiritual connection to the rest of the symbiont and its memories and so forth. Yeah. And as a bonus, we get a nice backstory here to figure out how uh, how she became who she is, who how she got the trill uh, or the, the symbiote inside her, the people who had it before. We learn a little bit about her boyfriend, did she call him? She calls yes. him boyfriend, yeah. Okay. Uh, her boyfriend that she was with who was joined uh, or became joined over the course of their relationship. It seems like... Uh, Basically, almost exactly before he died. Yes, very quickly, right? Because they're talking about how he can just do all this stuff right away, and she made him a present for the thing mm-hmm. that had just happened. So, uh, very interesting backstory. It's nice to know it. Strange way to find it out. Um, And I'm not... <laughs> Okay, so we got to talk about the end here because then I have some questions about how you feel about something. So uh, she does all this work. She connects to the Trill. She says her name is Adira Tall and everybody accepts her because she knows all the other names of the Tall. Uh, And now they know that a new day has dawned for the Trill and they'll join the Federation when they return. Okay. 
the end of the episode, Gray Tall shows up to her uh, as like a we get we get back to the well, who was it that was seeing visions? Tilly, yeah, Tilly was seeing visions. Trope, yes, uh, yes. which is not yes. new for a Dax. Ezri Dax saw Joran Dax. Did she? I didn't yes. remember that. Okay. Yeah, but they she All had right. to she had to do something like some sort of like ritual to see Joran Dax, and it and it went away. Okay, so maybe this is a temporary thing then, because I, I had questions about like why she's seeing uh, this guy other than she loves him. I know why she's seeing him. Okay. Is it because it's, she loves him? It's no, because because it's because of the the way that we make movies and films now. I understand there's precedent for a for a trill to you know enact some sort of alternate personality that they then interact with more more cerebrally and and you know you can't see him but joran was there and this guy gray is there but i feel like this is a more permanent thing than the joran thing you know mm. and and it's seemed... oh god i was just i'm thinking off the top here i wrote down a few notes about it but it seems like they're trying to take something that in trill trill is a very cool concept um and so yeah. cool that they made, you know, a whole bunch of other ideas out of it in other sci-fi. But Trill is a cool concept and one that they explore really deeply in DS9. And that they seem to be reimagining here in less of a cerebral way and more of a visual way. It seems like they are worried maybe that a character can't get lost in their own head without us seeing it. Mm. Yeah. Are you, are you saying that this is a, they, the show creators or writers are using this as like a device for us to uh, the viewer to understand what she is going through. To, to basically to let her have a scene talking to herself. Yes. Okay. So the, the this is the like instead of a scene where the actor is by themselves perhaps acting to themselves or or having a monologue or something, they have created a an a second actor to be in that scene for them to talk to, right? Even though both sides of it are her. The idea is that a human has never been a trill. And therefore she says she's not getting all the memories that quickly. Mm -hmm. She's didn't pick up the string playing the way that, that gray did and all the others probably did. Right. Right. She's right. not that good at the bow yet. So the memories and the skills are coming slower to her and the training that a trill that Jadzia tells us about a trill and Ezri tells us about a trill and how they are prepared to receive the memories and, you know, all that stuff is out the window. And so for a, a person that maybe remembers some of it, like we do, I'm left to think this is made to reintroduce the concept of Trill mm -hmm. when it's already been established. 
as something that is instead of something that becomes. Jadzia talks about a lot of times about, and she talks with Cisco about this, about Curzon mm-hmm. and frequently. Yeah. And the relationship that Cisco develops with Jadzia is much predicated on cerebral is the wrong word, but like, well, it was philosophical acceptance of, of, of beings being multiples. And so I I think I see where you're going here. Okay. The the, Cisco's relationship, right? He and Curzon, uh, Curzon Dax were, good friends right he cisco says that they were i don't know if they he said they were best friends but very good friends right mm-hmm. and when he later meets jadzia dax jadzia is like hey buddy we're still friends right and it's it's an adjustment period right where eventually they become friends certainly but it's different for cisco because jadzia is not Curzon, right and they spend multiple episodes across DS9 dealing with that, right? They use, so there's a really cool difference in DS9 between Cisco's almost immediate acceptance of, of Jadzia as Curzon's successor. Right. I mean, versus what happens with her old man, right? Yeah. He called her old man all the time, which is great. Right. Yeah. And, and Worf's relationship between Jadzia and Ez- Ezri Dax. Mm-hmm. Um, and his almost inability right. to understand. And, and so it's a very cool, like, the way that these people around a Dax or a Trill are affected by their personalities and the way that they work. Mm-hmm. They explore the trill through the environment of trill and how uh, that the trill is in. Like when Ezri starts to get acquainted with Kira and all, I just remember these moments and maybe I'm remembering them more fondly and, and more deeply than they exist. But the exploration of, a of this type of a, of a symbiote personality I think it's a is is environmental in DS9 and in this it seems like it's going to become soliloquy. So you think the it's going to be the exploration of the trill and this person and who the other people inside the trill were is going to be confined mostly to Adira you're thinking. So it's not going to be something that like the crew has to learn. It's going to be something that she learns. Yeah, and I don't know if that's because no one on the crew knows a trill or has ever met a trill, and so there would not be the environmental exploration. Mm-hmm. Versus when you know in DS Nine, everybody knows what a trill is. So sure. I'm wondering why they, we're left with a new version of how a trill comes to be. It's it's a choice, and um, I don't know where it goes in this direction. Yeah, I I am 
I am un- at the end of this. I would say that you know I am uh, less annoyed by the Odira character. Um, Absolutely, and I don't think I don't want to judge this change without seeing more. Yeah, totally, and that's part of the problem, right? There's only one more episode that I've watched, and I'm not. And she's not a part of it at all, right? Yeah, so it's like very hard for me to say what they literally write her out of it. They they have to. They literally. I mean, just like the transporters, they literally write her out of it in the next episode. Yeah. So it's going to be a problem for me personally if the exploration of a trill happens only in her own head and they continue to use that to write her out of episodes because she's too powerful of a sword. You know what I mean? Like, Oh no, we created a trill and she knows the answers to everything. Yeah. So like if they use her the same way that they have used Giorgio, sometimes it will be disappointing not just for the character, but for the show overall, because it is a, I see what you're saying. Like the temptation to just be like, and then she remembers all of a sudden something that two trills ago is the answer to this question we're having. It's going to be really bad if she's always the MacGuffin. If that's the thing. Yeah. And I hope that they don't do that. And it's possible. I'm sure it's possible for them not to. Right. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, it, she doesn't come up in the next episode, so we can't base it on that. I'm I'm intrigued by the idea of a more long-term Joran Dax situation where yeah if the writing is is set on that and we could see Gray Tall alongside her all the time trying to help her connect mm-hmm. with her, with Tall Mm-hmm. Uh, if we can, if Gray is trying to connect with Tall um, through, you know, like if she's trying to connect with Tall through a medium like Gray, I think it's a, and that's happening uh, in real time. Maybe it's viable. It's more interesting if it's happening in places like the mess than in, if it's happening in the middle of a crisis. Right. Yeah. Like I, I want to see her like she's seeing this person right but does it cause her to like is she literally seeing him or is this just the like he's in her mind kind of oh no it's she's literally she is literally seeing him definitely i mean that's the case in ds9 as well then only in with jorondax it very specifically says that she had to perform a ritual the rite of emergence i think okay whatever or something like that uh I could pull up the trail page, uh, whatever. Um, no, don't to yeah. to bring out one personality because they always talk about I am all personalities. There is no separating us, right? Mm-hmm. That is the fascinating thing about the trill. It's not that I am Ezri Dax and I remember Curzon Dax and. Jadzia Dax. I am Jadzia Dax. I am these people. I have their emotions. And it's crippling to some trill who are not prepared for it. I imagine it would be, right? Like they've, the... they've talked about it. Some trill can't handle it and, and it's crippling to them emotionally and mentally. Right? Right. 
Right. I mean, there's so many people and so many lifetimes of memories of you know, good, bad, all kinds of things all, you know, even not even all at once, but it's just such a, an immense amount mm-hmm. to have to deal with. And especially like, I'm sure that in some cases, some of these people are very different people. You know, I mean, Curzon and Jadzia, not the same kind of person at all. And yeah. you can imagine here for o- Odira that uh, Sun Sun Natal and Gray, very different, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, I can I can understand it being overwhelming. I just don't know how it's going to play out here in. Uh, because we haven't seen it, so yeah, I I'm trying to remember what drove Joran insane. If that was if that was because of the joining, or if he was already crazy, or or whatever. But like, you know, I I pray that this is an interesting exploration of what what Trill means because it always kind of has been. Um, we'll see. We'll see. It's weird how the trill have changed since TNG. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, fascinating. Okay, that's kind of the end of episode four and what I wanted to talk about because I think that's yeah. a big moment for Star Trek to bring back a trill and to say a trill is human and to start exploring what it would mean for someone who was not, you know, in these hallowed minds of ds9 prepared for it so it could be really cool as a star trek fan it could also be not cool um based on on some of that choice okay let's get to episode five it's important yeah let's leave this i mean we'll talk about the trill stuff more i'm sure as the season goes on because it's going to be impossible for them to ignore it so one would hope Saru opens the episode saying that they're they're all nervous about seeing Starfleet now that they have the coordinates because she magically remembered them right away. Right. Uh, I I trust that what matters most will have endured. It's a pretty good mm-hmm. line. Uh, yeah. Well written. Some 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 lines in Discovery are pretty good, especially when you're removed from them a little bit. I think I, they get better as they age sometimes. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't have any particular affinity for this line, so I'm I am neutral. It it sets up an idea, right? About well, it's, what the I mean, Federation show, used to be, what the Starfleet it, used to be. It shows Saru is a true believer, right? Like he believes in the ideals of Starfleet and the Federation as they were when he left and how he believed they should be. And maybe Burnham isn't. And maybe Burnham isn't anymore. We'll see. Um, Yeah. yeah. Uh, Starfleet Uh, has become V'ger. The distortion field is really cool looking. (laughs) Did you, I, they pulled into the, through the distortion field and I was literally like, is that V'ger in the middle there? It kind of looked like it, right? A little bit. Yeah. A lot of new ships in here, man. A lot of new ships. They said, is that a new, what does they say? A new, um, I, uh, there were a bunch of different ones, but then like Voyager shows Voyager up. Voyager J. Yeah, I know J. <laughs> of the 11th Voyager. Right. Uh, and a bunch of other like cool looking little, you know, futuristic ships that they just kind of show on screen for a minute. And they I like the one that. that's like detached nacelles. How does that even work? I know. <laughs> 
like, it's like a thing that they have like not even two centuries later uh in regular star trek i am like almost certain but i didn't look this up i'm almost certain we saw detached nacelles uh in enterprise from some of the future races mm-hmm. which would have been like a thousand years or like 500 years before this you know when the time war was happening yeah it's kind of funny it was funny it was funny uh and just to like breeze through the the boring stuff here they get in uh you know oh this seems too easy because it is yeah of course and th- they show up the admiral is like immediately skeptical of them and is like oh great we're going to decommission you separate all you people get them back to work you know um and it's uh oh well then you you walked right into what I was going to say they spent the entire 30th 30th century with the temporal war yeah, yeah, they talk about it, right? Yeah. And and, and that, like, you know, uh, time travel is like super illegal, so you guys broke the law coming here. Yeah. Like we wasn't the law in our time. Uh, he's like, You're literally a criminal. It's like, uh yeah. buddy, we we saved the entire universe. He's like, Okay, well, thank you for that, but you're still criminals. I mean It seems like a good law to have, you know? Uh probably yeah. should do probably shouldn't do time travel it seems bad probably shouldn't do time travel it seems bad i wish Um, i could find a picture of the new constitution that they come across which is the uh, the sister ship to the enterprise mm -hmm. uh but i can't find Uh, a picture of it anyway uh break up the crew debrief everybody in funny ish but sometimes over the top scenes uh, i i love the line where saru is talking to uh, Burnham, who is skeptical of this and doesn't like the idea of the crew being broken up, and Saru says, "You got to trust the process." <laughs> <laughs> I I immediately laughed out loud and was like, "Okay, Saru, like that's like the I I don't know if that's the writers making a basketball joke, uh, or because there was a basketball thing, right? Or was it, that a college football thing? I mean, it's a lot of uh, it's anyway, a lot of it. I, I like mean, they been... they make a uh, a joke about it in in moneyball even he's like it's a process it's a process it's a process yeah it's a, it's like a sports a lot of, thing a lot of sports head coaches who have had a process and you have to quote trust the process yeah and every time that someone has said that it has ended up being generally not good it ends, ends bad yeah the process does not help and it does not work uh um, yeah just so the process gets I, quarterbacks injured you know right, I mean? yes yeah exactly <laughs> uh the uh it, some of these debriefs are kind of funny because very clearly the ais uh questioning them or whatever are like uh you know the, 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 the like ai doctor is like overly inquisitive and has a, like a bow tie on yeah the ai doctor is kind of almost funny like he yeah it seems like they should have got robert picardo again I know. Why didn't they get Robert Ricardo? Oh, right? I wanted so bad. It seems like they really like... should have gotten Robert Picardo and just made him like a smarter AI. Yeah. Um, because these AI holograms are not as good as data or um, EM. Uh, you know, EM, the EMH. Yeah. The EMH. And so, you're left kind of wondering like why are they not better 
I guess maybe because of Picard and they couldn't be better. I don't know. Man. Anyway, I guess the ban on I guess the ban on AIs didn't hold up very long. It's a, anyway, I, you're giving the writers more credit than they deserve. It's but they, I mean the shows are going on at the same time. They know that AIs were banned in Picard. So are they unbanned already in Picard? Like, are we meant to, to assume that because of the what happened with data and all that, that the AIs are now unbanned and therefore? I, I think you're I think you're conflating two things. I don't think AI is banned. I think it's just synthetic life is banned. Synthetic life is okay. the thing that's banned. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but sure. Yeah. Exactly. Seems the like line, a, a fine line like here. Little, yeah. Yeah. You're you're cutting the the shade of gray with like three different paintbrushes there. It's, it's pretty anyway, I don't know, it, whatever. I, I think the only one of these uh, interrogation scenes that's interesting is Giorgio's. Of course it is. I mean, the other ones are snarky, but not that interesting. Giorgio uh, immediately discovers she can shut down a hologram. She's never seen before by blinking at it. I, I found that scene funny. And also like, they really had to think of like, how can we make it so that she can flip the tables on this, you know, interrogator guy? Because she's the only one who has an actual person in the room, right? Oh, no, maybe not. Some of them have other people. No, I think all of them are debriefed by hollows except for um, the Admiral debriefing uh, Saru and Burnham and her. And she's right, basically yeah. in prison. She is not allowed to leave that room. You can tell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She is in jail. For <laughs> sure. Space jail for you. Yeah. Uh, and the guy who is debriefing uh, uh, Giorgio is uh, like almost cartoonishly a man in black. You know, like he's wearing a suit that looks he's darker than most of the other Federation colors. The admirals are all wearing these gray tones. The security people are like a darker gray. This dude is wearing a black suit almost to the point where he looks like Tommy Lee Jones. I was literally, I wrote down in my notes, I wrote down in my notes, 31st century FBI. But he is (laughs) because he has, he has the horn room glasses, you know, and the, she asks him point blank. Why are you wearing wearing glasses? He's like, they just make me look smart. They look good. Uh, this dude is like the like Terran specialist or something. Dude, he is syrupy, like as the I know about your Terran race guy. You know, like just he's just dripping with I absolutely know everything about you. You know, I got I got like um. What's the name of that character? Shoot. Andrew, what's the name of the character David Lynch plays in uh, Twin Peaks The Return? Oh, the FBI, the FBI, FBI agent? Um, gosh, I'm not going to remember it off the top of my head. I got some vibes of that agent. Not David Lynch, because he's not David Lynch. Yeah, but nobody's he, David Lynch. Nobody is David Lynch. And we don't want David Gordon Lynch. Cole, this, this Gordon goes, Cole, Gordon Cole, Gordon Cole, Gordon Cole. Thank you. Uh, uh, um, clearly like a very competent and in charge person, but who has like a bunch of like side activities that he just likes and is there because this Terran thing is like the side thing that he likes, not because like they actually think that this 
Jojo person is important or anything. That is a really good pull. That it, 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 it is a very good pull because you're right. It is very much like they're not I'm concerned sure, about her. Like I'm they, sure, they yeah. have her trapped. Like yeah. it's not like she's going anywhere or going to do anything. He just wants to. He just wants to know because it's so weird to see the Terrans again because they haven't in what two hundred years or whatever. He said five hundred years. There hasn't been a Terran in five hundred years. There hasn't yeah. been a breakthrough between the universes in five hundred years because they they're elastic, Drifting right? Apart. They're, well, yeah. I mean. So if you have multi-universe theory, they're they're not always drifting apart. They could be elastic, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like stretching in and pull, going. Depending, uh, yeah. So one theory. I don't want to get too deep into this because I actually I like it, but I'm not a smart person. <laughs> uh, so I can't explain it all perfectly. But like, there's there's the expanding universe theory where everything moves apart infinitely and therefore all alternate universes move apart infinitely infinitely and all timelines move apart infinitely right Mm -hmm. and then there's the elastic theory where like the big bang is happening all the all the time and none of the time uh and so things would move apart until they rubber band back together essentially i see you're thinking of two different things the, but they're uh, alternate. Really? They're alternate to each other. They're mutually exclusive. From the science perspective, anyway, the the I think the multi universe stuff is different from what's happening with the physical things in the universe expanding or potentially contracting later. Right. Right. Like that is a that is a what is happening in our universe potentially, mm-hmm. and I don't know that it has any difference on our universe versus other universes. Yeah. Which is what we're talking about See, here with the Terrans. This is what I'm talking about. I'm not quite smart enough. <laughs> so anyway, I'm smart the, enough to find it interesting, but not smart enough to uh, to understand it all. So uh, it, it is not. Uh, this is like the perfect realm for science fiction because all this stuff is the idea of it. Maybe could exist. Maybe possibly. I don't know, but it's like couched in. 800 layers of math that even well, I don't uh, and honestly uh, it, honestly taking the top layer of something like that and using it this way is kind of good yeah i, I don't have any problem you don't have to think people. about it more than the fact that that guy said look our universe is drifted apart and therefore they're not crossing over yeah. like they used to and you're like okay yeah, so, I mean, he's I like, so we haven't seen it. and he's like oh so we haven't seen a terror in 500 years you're really interesting like i want to ask you a bunch of questions but i know you're just gonna lie because that's what you do <laughs> So I'm going to let you ask me questions and find out stuff because I, the questions you ask will tell me things about you. It's so pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> great. His logic is is so much like I've read every history book about you guys. And so therefore, yeah, I'm just exactly. going to listen and you do whatever you want. And we're just going to have fun here. This is the part that I got like the Gordon Cole vibe from because he's like, this is definitely a case where like Gordon Cole would knows what the crazy stuff is he knows all these like weird happenings in twin peaks and all these things right but he doesn't talk just directly about them because that would be gauche yeah (laughs) you know he talks to you about like french movies or whatever and your responses to french movies somehow reveal what you know about the tulpas and the firemen and all this other stuff Uh, and you nailed it right there (laughs) talking about it because he he catches her she says, right. she says the weakness of people is people. And he goes, aha. So that's why you ah. haven't killed everyone on the crew. Ah, so you, your, your weakness is the person that you're here for. There's someone on the ship that you love and you want to be with it. And you could just see Giorgio being like, 
damn it. <laughs> Every time she asks a question and he like reads something from her, she's like, damn it. He keeps figuring me out. Oh. Well, um, I like also at the beginning of this, the hollows are like, you know, uh, back in our memory banks, we examined DNA samples from the Terrans and you are uh, different. You have a marker that makes you. Vi-. And she's like, no, I just no. like doing what I do. You know, there's yeah. a lot of fascinating stuff. Like, it's like, knock it off with the genetics. It doesn't matter. I choose to be who I am. Right? Like, yeah. like knock it off. And so, and and the expert, the Gordon Cole of this universe, accepts that answer as well, even though he doesn't say it. Because he says, it's amazing to me that you built an empire on because we can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that doesn't have anything to do with he could he could say he they could have done the thing where they're like it's interesting to me that your you know genetic markers created a race of people that were able to work together because they all had the same uh, genetic code that made them say because we can't you know like yeah, the yeah. bad version of this the really bad version of this the Star Wars version of this. <laughs> the, the midi-chlorian version, right? Like, ah, oh, the midi-chlorians made them Terrans. Mm-hmm. And, the, and they sit yeah. on it for a second. And Giorgio's just like, nah, bro. I like doing what I do. Yep. I I I appreciate that they do it. Because it gives the... You know, it, it's not the like, ah, oh, this is this was preordained. You were you were born to be evil, right? She's like, no, I became evil because I am evil. <laughs> I wanted to be bad because I like it. Yeah, well, it's it, it's, it's brutal right. efficiency, right? He yeah. he talks about that. It, I love that we're calling him Gordon Cole. He talks about it. it's it's a f- great a name. Though. It's great. It's really really good. Uh, and it's a. I think it's really good because we're left wondering what the heck Giorgio's even doing here. Yeah, totally. And and finally we get a character that's like, what are you even doing here? And he like he straight up asks her, right? And he's like, like why? Like why are you here? Well, you could be off. You could have killed everyone on this ship, taken the ship, and gone off and started a new Terran Empire if you wanted, right? You could have stayed in like, the past, and ha- you would have changed the entire history. And, you know, and Giorgio's like, yeah, you're totally right. I could have done those things. Yeah, I chose not to. Right. Yeah. I, I, we spent a lot of time on it because it feels important. And it feels. And I think the only other thing it, to talk about this. Well, there's oh, a lot, actually. We haven't, we didn't talk about the seed ship at all. Um, no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about Giorgio. Oh, Giorgio, here. sure. At, at the very end of the episode, Michael comes up to her. Oh, and she's, she's like drifted stuck. Yeah. She's drifted off something. into something else in her mind. It seems like, yeah. uh, un- either unbeknownst to her or out of her control. Yes. So I, I, that is the like last, uh, hook we get for Giorgio. We'll see what happens with her after that. I guess she's clearly, uh, affected by the time jumper and, and the time or jump having moved her universe further out. Or something, yeah. You know, um, they've always talked about how Terrans uh, or humans can't live in the other universe forever. Right, yeah, that is a thing that they have said. 
in the past. Uh, so. But Giorgio didn't seem to care that it wasn't affecting her at a rate that it mattered before. Yeah. So, so I don't know. It's we'll, This we'll show is very interesting way. in what it explores and how it handles what it explores. Sometimes mm-hmm. it'll take a thing and decide it has to reimagine it completely, like the Klingons. Sometimes it'll take a thing like the trill and treat it with slow kid gloves and be like, we're going to explore this and peel it off like an onion one layer at a time and make sure we don't screw it up. Mm -hmm. And then we get something right in the sweet spot, like the Terrans, where it's like, this is a thing. And this is what something that um, the animated show did really well. uh, Lower decks take Mm -hmm. something just obscure enough that people love that doesn't have enough history to matter mm-hmm. and ruminate on it. Let it start to stew and bring it, you know, slowly to a boil. And it's happened before. And I hope it's happening again. I think the, well, we'll see. I, I don't have as much faith in the writers of this show as I did faith in writers of the lower decks show. So. <laughs> Lower Decks seemed like it was written by a group of people who really loved Star Trek and really liked all the deep, weird cuts. This show seems like it's written by a completely different group of people, which, I mean, I'm sure it is. And they are using Star Trek to tell some other story as opposed to wanting to tell a Star Trek story, which I think is what Lower Decks was doing. Right. It does at times feel like this isn't Star Trek. This episode felt the most like Star Trek it's felt in six or seven episodes. Yes. And this is why, like I was saying, by the end of these episodes, I was like much more back on board with Discovery. Like after this episode, I was like, man, this is a pretty good episode. I want to go watch another episode of this show. It's like, no, I got to wait. We got to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think episode five really I was I was pretty in the dumps after episode three. Totally. Episode four. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm very I, concerned about the Trill situation. I laughed I started, out loud that they did never had never seen this before, but had sticks that could magically solve the problem and they knew how to use them. Mm-hmm. And I, I really worried, you know, like, are we going to have a whole season of we created, this is the, <laughs> uh, to borrow Star Wars again, this is the director had an idea moment in season four of we're going to create the tentacle world and we got to get there. You know, so so it's the yeah. Star Wars bombing run where you're like I know Y-wings had bombs before but they used them in gravity. Mm-hmm. Um this is not yeah. you know like like I yeah, get that yeah, you yeah. had a vision but just just don't shoehorn your vision, you know? <laughs> Make a thing that makes sense. Yeah. The so I I think you're right and I think the Episode four, I started watching almost out of obligation. Yeah. And I felt a little better by the end of it. And then episode five, I was like, all right, Star Trek is back, baby. Let's go. Like, I was I was way more into it. And because there's a whole half of the episode we haven't talked about yet. <laughs> yeah. So let's get to um, it. Uh, there, there should be more of these, but there is one Federation seed ship that has existed since before Burnham's time. Apparently. You can fit a lot of stuff in one ship, apparently, so. Uh, that's fine. It's cool that they have one. I'm not sad about it. We have seed vaults on this planet, although we're yeah. going to have a problem pretty soon. Uh, 
they're not cold enough anymore. Problematic. Very similarly to the problem they're having here, they only have one. And if something goes wrong with it, which it did, now you have none. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so very shortly, there's a seed ship. The seed ship has a rotating crew of Federation families that run it to keep it alive and working and well. Mm-hmm. And this time it's the Barzon, which is, oh my gosh, I forgot to write down her name. The security officer. Yes. Because I also didn't know her name. Uh, I'll look it up real quick. You, you and keep it doesn't us going. matter, Andrew. They do her dirty in this episode. I disagree. And we're never going to have to know her name ever again. I disagree with you. Okay. Fill us in I, on what happened, though. Uh, on, so they go to the seed they go, they go to the seed ship. Stuff is real bad. Oh, and do they uh, need to go to the seed ship to save the, the medical reason you have to get got to get the seeds so they can grow a plant that saves people whatever i don't know star trek reasons non d d non is that her name yep barzan great who cares we're never going to see her again the barzan Uh, look like the old school trill that's weird why why is that huh so the old school trill had uh forehead ridges and then they changed over to the dots in ds9 hmm and now the Barzan have the forehead ridges the Trill used to have. It's okay. okay. Whatever. I don't know. Sure. I got nothing here. Okay. Um, so they go to the seed ship. They're looking for these seeds. Uh, they get into the ship, and uh, it's bad. There's crazy plants all over everywhere. Uh, they find the family is disappeared and frozen in ice, it even turns out. Uh, but their uh, Colber says that they're dead. Uh, like, they... They have died or basically are dead or like they're gone, essentially, he says. Right. Uh, But one of them is missing. And the father of this family of four, it turns out, uh, is still alive, but is out of phase. And they need to get these seeds, but it's locked and they need him to speak the magic words to open the vault so they can get the seeds they need. So they have to figure out how to get this guy back in phase uh, so that they can, you know, he can live and be, you know, a normal person instead of, like, disappearing like a ghost all the time like he has been doing. I don't dislike the theory of the way that these seed ships work, but they could have done it better if they truly meant to have a seed ship. (laughs) Yeah, I think putting, like, one family of two adults and two children in charge of this, like, very precious thing seems like not enough people to me. Yeah, and having one of them seems not good. Stuff happens in space. Yeah, man. Like, what happened if the two people who were married were in the same room together and there was an explosion and they both died? Are the two children now in charge? What happened if a solar CME destroyed the ship and everybody died? Like, basically, what happened here? Or, and then one of them phases out and then this whole... Mm -hmm. Anyway, we get what we get. Uh, So they... uh, I forget. They solve it by, like, beaming him or something. In the, like, one second he's around, they beam him back, they, and that puts him back in phase. They do the magic pattern buffer thing that often happens in Star Trek. Oh, you're okay. out of... I mean, it happens to Boimler, too. Remember, he gets I'm phased not, by I, a transporter. I'm not mad about I'm not mad about their, like, magical technology uh, solution. Fa- but... Phasing is always solved by the transporter. I mean, it's become, like, a trope. Yeah. I, uh... I... And so then, uh, he's back, and then they have to convince him that to accept... A, that his family is gone, and um, B, to help them, right? 
Yeah, uh, so there's an interesting exploration of the Barzan for like five minutes here, uh, of right. how they they don't view family the same way as other people. And the, there's a reason they weren't in the Federation when Non, the security officer, was on the Enterprise, right? Because they don't have the same values as a lot of the 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 right. Federation. They didn't see value in the Federation. They're poorer. They you know they don't have the same views of death. Uh, that some people do so mm-hmm. she makes a lot of cases for like she's very happy that they have joined the federation by this point um, because she even says at some point like you know uh her family oh, was family disappointed in proud her. when she joined the federation she's like no they were super disappointed because they thought i was wasting my life yeah they, well no they were heartbroken because basically the families have to stay together right and yeah. she was leaving right yeah uh fascinating I wish we had yeah. more time with them, but we don't. Nope. Because now we're going to kill this character off and leave her here with this guy. Goodbye. She gets a nicer ending than that. I... I. Okay. I want to hear it. The Seed Vault stuff is a mess. Yes. If it had been better written and she had become the captain of a Seed Vault ship, you would feel better. Yes, I would. Yes. So I accept I accept the world we got and I accept the idea that a lot of people and and this is going to happen over the course of the show, a lot of people are going to start to say I'm in a future and I have to make it for me and my future may not be on discovery. Yep. And so this is the beginning of that writing and it's good to do it. And I think I'm that not, this is a character that is important to do it with because I still, until this day, did not quite remember her name. I am not upset that they did it. I am upset how they did it. And it felt bad. It felt bad to me that they. This. She had literally known this dude and this ship and this family for less than four hours because they say they had five hours to complete this whole part of this mission. Yeah. And in that time, she's decided I will give up my entire life to live on the ship with this person. I barely know. And that, uh, I'm okay living like this forever. And even if it means that I'm stuck here. Ah, okay. And, so maybe I picked up some that. different stuff here. Okay. Uh, Addis Attis is going to die. The man. The man is going to die. He will not be able... uh, Because he is sick, like they were sick. And the only thing keeping him alive was the phasing. And so she... Okay, so she has the discussion about staying because they want to take Atis off of the ship and put him in sickbay and heal him. Right. And uh, the Dr. Culber gets sent back to the ship so that... that, um, you know, he doesn't interfere in this decision. And then Burnham and she, you know, she's like, you're going to give me a speech now. And, and, and Burnham has a great line um, that I think I wrote down. Um, no, I don't, I didn't write it down, but it's something along the lines of sometimes your, your duty as a Starfleet officer means that you have to make decisions you don't like and that you maybe even don't agree with. And in Mm. this case, 
you know, a Starfleet decision would be to save that man's life above his own wishes. And uh, yeah, they and so uh, non non Starfleet goes both ways on this one, though. I I feel like they have both honored the wishes of a person. A, a truly healthy. I think wish a younger, a younger Starfleet, right? Like younger era Starfleet would make the decision that this person needs to be saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, older era Starfleet might say, "No, he's making his decision not to be saved." And so Non makes the point: like this Barzan male is is decided he wants to be with his family, and the most important thing he can do is be with his family. And they've passed on, and he wants to pass on just like them. It's his fate to pass on, and so she she opposes that decision. So he's going to die because Burnham says a year ago, I would have argued with you, but I'm not going to argue with you. And I'm in charge of this mission, not Saru. So So, what do you want to do? Because the seed vault can't be lost. And she says, "So I got that. I got that part that someone had to stay behind to like watch the seed vault. Okay. So she's, she's, but I didn't get the part that he was going to die. Yeah. He's going to die. And so she says she will complete the bars and watch. And she's going to take the seed vault back to Barzan and see her home. Okay. Yeah. So it's a little bit. I I feel better about it knowing this because the the thing I saw, right, was like. She and this guy were going to live on this ship forever until the end of their, you know, whatever, wherever this ship is going. Yeah. That they're going to meet up with someone else who is then going to have control of the ship and she's just going to live her life with this dude that she barely knows as the episode that i was most invested in of this season so far it really caught up it caught me up about in the middle when the Giorgio interview was happening and i really paid attention towards the end because i was really into this one even despite the fact that i looked at that seed vault and i was like why is it organized like some sort of beehive yeah great question man it's a really terrible way to organize anything i'm yeah it should be you know like uh, anyway whatever like the, the seed vault and the idea behind it and the way it is organized and the way that it is run, all of that is bad. Yeah. It could have been thought out better by the writer. I mean, and if, if you, if you want to lay the, uh, the things on the walls out for maximum efficiency, a beehive structure actually is really good for that. The hexagons have a lot of space. And, yeah. Like, but it wasn't even, all that yeah. great. But, but then like, why is it in a weird siloed off tube in the middle of the ship? That makes no sense. That wouldn't be how you would just do that. And like all this, ah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of it that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, Ma- magical pedestal with the password that only, one <laughs> that only one person has. Yeah. A lot of that is not good. Uh, but the ending of this is good where there's going to be conflict. Berna makes the right decision. I, I, Knowing now that the man was going to die. Yeah, he's irradiated and, that, and dying. And that no one is going to be able to take over the ship. It makes me feel better about this choice. I didn't catch that part that he was dying. Yeah. I thought that they had, they by rephasing him, they had saved him and he was okay. Um, so I feel less bad about it. She's doing a duty to Starfleet still and is seeing this ship through as well as getting to see her people and whatever else. Yeah. And that's why I thought it was a very good ending for her character, which honestly, I'm happy to have been wrong about this then, because I was, I had a bunch of stuff here about like why I thought this sucked. And I'm glad that I'm wrong. I'm not sure that she's gone forever. First of all. And secondly, she didn't, she hasn't had much to do since Arium. 
Yeah. She plays second fiddle to Giorgio a lot. Yes. So, I don't know. I mean, I hope I've convinced you that this this was good. uh, On balance, this is the best so far. I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, easily the best of these three episodes, this one here at the end. I think so. the only thing left is the music mystery. Yeah, we don't know what's up with that yet. There was a lullaby playing on the cello. There's a lullaby lullaby playing on this ship. Uh, and she Burnham asks somebody else about the lullaby. And she said, Willa, oh, security officer Willa. The- on in the Federation station, she's like, "Oh yeah, I know everybody that song. knows. Everybody knows that song." And Burnham's like, "Don't you think that's weird? Everybody's been cut off for 150 years. Why would everybody know that song?" Great question. I think though that like it's been 200 years since we split off from England, and we have different versions of the same tunes. We sing different songs to the same tunes that have been around in England for hundreds of years before us it's a bit different though when they are like impassably far away that takes a lifetime to travel between right mm-hmm. i just hope it's not a battlestar galactica all along the watchtower situation i was just about to say i was getting some uh unfortunate vibes of certain shows <laughs> uh not that that was a bad situation, although it was weird, and uh, you just got to roll with it. I also was starting to get some, like, is all of this a dream? Is there, like, some kind of... Is this the crack in the, the Romulan simulation kind of... Oh, no. Like, stuff. No, TJ, no. Like, yeah, I know. No, I know. Oh, no. It can't be I a know, holodeck like, program. It can't no, be a holodeck like, program. But that was where I my mind started going as uh as as this came on because it's like that's the that's the kind of thing you would put in there if you were a uh trying to like sow the seed of like doubt about reality right like this little thread that you write through Who obviously we'll, it's we'll related out, to uh what are you what do we call it the sh- the burn it's the obviously burn, related yes. to the burn it's part yes, of it. it is obviously related to the burn. So yeah. we'll have to find out uh, as we watch more if it's if they make any good on it or if they forget about it. Uh, I hope that they do something with it because otherwise they have wasted their time at the end of this episode bringing it up. All right, let's hit some final thoughts here if you got any. Um, about this episode in particular, I think we kind of covered everything. Uh, yeah, just um, this slate or where we think we're headed or. Yeah, I don't know. I I you know I think that. Obviously, the big thing about this this season is going to be about the burn, um, or or it feels like that's what they're setting up here anyway. Yeah. Um, I I as I said, I was pretty despondent about the show after after the third episode here, and then I really liked it again after the fifth one. So yeah. ups and downs. Episode three felt like a commitment. Episode four felt like homework. Episode five felt like truly one step short of being one of the greats. Yeah, it felt fun again, which was nice. Yeah, and and honestly, like if the seed vault thing had been slightly better brewed, like I mm-hmm. honestly would put episode five among 
some of my top Star Trek episodes. I really I mean, love some of the metaphor five. and some of the real introspection about what Starfleet is is and was. Uh, it could have been possible to do if perhaps they didn't have to spend half of the episode debriefing the crew and all that other stuff in the first half of the episode. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot going on in that one, for sure. They could have uh, had more time there and then would have been able to to do a little more justice to that Seed Vault story. Yeah, I mean, so. it's it's almost like a third of the episode wanted to be old school. We've yeah. got we've got a, a overarching story and then a, a monster of the week. The Seed Vault was the monster of the week, right? And like yep. if they could readjust the balance here and say and I, I don't think it's yeah and i don't think it's bad that they had the overarching story no absolutely not large, absolutely large not that, that we liked all the stuff was george and the the man in black and and all the bars on and and like bars on stuff yeah the bars on stuff is is overarching plot right like losing a bridge crew member that has been around since season two is big deal and that's yep. cool but it's also just mired in a lot of extra that maybe should have been broken down into, let's say, half of episode four instead. Yeah. Instead yep. of spending the whole episode on the trill and wasting time on like mental breakdowns that didn't they, get, they, they didn't, none of them got resolved. So it was like, yeah, what's, I, I, think that, I think that's the thing is like, I don't think that showing the crew having mental absolutely breakdowns not. is a waste of time. I'm not trying to say that. It is. The fact that they aren't like the the trauma and the pain that they're trying to show that these people have can't be resolved in an episode. It will, without yeah. Us, yeah, without us then criticizing the show for resolving something that's unresolvable. So, right? so and one so of the things I didn't the thing you have to show a little bit, yeah, each time, yeah. Right? I'm not than yeah. spending a whole episode on it, yeah. Which I agree with you. You're about. you're 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 pounding the nail in, man. You you got it. I'm not a psychologist, but one of the the things you read about a lot of PTSD is uh, tasks and purpose mm-hmm. are essential in overcoming that stuff. I mean, if you watched, if, if people don't want to read about it because it's, it's really hard to read a lot of this stuff, um, that first season of The Punisher actually on Netflix um, does a really good job explaining a lot of soldiers that come back have this just lack, not lack. Well, they go from... They go from a very highly organized and extremely regimented environment to not that. And so finding a way to bring some order into the daily life is important as part of learning to, you know, integrate into society more, more normally. And, and the trauma that these people go through waits sometimes, not all the time, but waits sometimes to manifest itself. Mm hmm until the down moment, right? And the down moment yeah. becomes the moment when you don't have the thing. And so one of the reasons Saru is such a bad captain in episode four is that he thinks the crew needs a minute to not be the crew. He, he, the crew needs time to just not be on edge and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, bro, Give everyone the night off, let's have dinner. Like, yeah, yeah, bro, they're on edge until they have closure until they have something else to do, until they realize they have a home and their safety, they're not going to not be on edge. So yeah, the movie's a great idea because having a night off to just not think because your commander told you to is good. Sitting at a dinner is not right. And right. so 
the yep. the exploration of that, you're right, is going to take all season. And they should have realized they weren't going to move very far in episode four anyway. Some of the that trauma is actually more advanced in its recovery through episode five. Mm-hmm. So we need to spend less time on things that can't be solved. Exactly. Yeah, you not. I I don't. I want to be clear here that I'm not saying that uh, PTSD is unsolvable. I'm talking about the story writing. They they can't write they, their way through it in an episode. It's a it's a complicated issue that takes right. people, it, it be, real people, it, their entire lifetime to manage. Not even it, they can't even get rid of it sometimes. Yeah, and it is it if they had tried to resolve it in an episode, we would be here talking about how ridiculous it was that they resolved something like that in an episode because it is unresolvable or unresolvable in a short, a short episode like that. Yeah. And so it would have been it, both, both directions they could have gone, right? Like if they had written it out in one episode, it would have been bad. So they knew they were going to have to spend multiple episodes dealing with this. But the way they chose to do it is the thing I think we're criticizing. Right? I think that they tried to do – yeah, they tried to front load the work so yeah. that when they solve Instead it later, oh, we already front loaded all the work. People know we've been dealing with it. Right. It's like – Instead of just showing us every episode, you know, having one or two parts where, you know, Detmer has uh, a breakdown and it's hard yeah. for Episode to, five. To he's still talking about an epi- – the Admiral is talking about an yeah. episode five. Hey, Detmer's a problem. And they're like, Detmer's not a problem. We'll We'll handle it. Yeah. You know, and that's a truly good moment because that's a real thing, right? Like in a, in a combat situation, that's what the commander would be like. Hey, we're all a little worried about this guy. And it's like, okay, but it's my job to deal with him. You don't worry about it. Right. Because it, it, yeah, it's like, I'm the commander. I will worry about this. We got it. Yeah. (sighs) I don't want to speak too deeply on that because we're not psychologists, but, uh, you know, it's a trope that is explored often and well, and I have read a few books about it and, and it's not something that is this glossy that you can just sort of slot into the story. It just, it's disruptive and it doesn't fit where you want it to fit. And so far it seems to only fit where they want it to fit when we're going to have the moments, right? Oh, she's piloting the ship now and it's dangerous. She's about to enter the ion storm. She has to have a breakdown. It's like, that's not how it works. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it is a. I hope that they do better with these. Now that now that they have introduced it as a thing and have explicitly made it clear that it's not something they're going to be able to resolve. Yeah, I hope they do better about showing it being traumatic for them and them dealing with that trauma. Yeah, in a way that is realistic as opposed to, up. Oh, this is now our uh, uh, our crisis situation. Time for who. Spin the wheel of who's going to have a traumatic incident and pick that character to focus yeah. on today. Well, I mean, given the the post meal sit down between Tilly and Stamets, I have a I have not a, a lot of high hopes. Yeah, like, oh yeah, we should explore your dark matter idea. Everything's fine now, and she's like, yeah, I know, I'm so smart. And it's like this is not how interpersonal problems are solved. Like, yeah, love, things- yeah, in fact, it's exactly how they aren't solved. Yeah. Uh, if you tried to do this in real life, let me tell you, folks, it won't work. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have concerns. We also have a great moment in episode five. I, I really, 
Love it. And uh, going forward, I don't want to make too many predictions. It's it's too hard. It's hard to know, man. It's It's hard to know. We have hopes, and I think we talked about them. So, yeah, yeah. I you know we wanted we liked episode five. I think we can both agree with that, right? Mm -hmm. It was the best of these episodes for sure. It's definitely Um, the most emotional and deepest by far. Even though the others ones wanted to be more. Episode yes, four totally. wanted to be the emotion episode, and episode five is the one that really hits. Yep, agreed. Yep. And I was like mad about the end of episode five, and I still liked it way better. <laughs> um, and now, and now that I'm less mad about it, now that I've discovered I missed something. So, well, if you can discover stuff along with us, you should email us. Yeah, you can send that to podcast at wewerygamers dot com. Uh, we will happily read your emails and. Thank you for all the suggestions you sent in to us. We appreciate them. Yeah, it was really, I hope we, um, there were a couple emails. They weren't really like emails worth reading, but there were a couple emails about like what, what they liked about, um, about the subspace transmissions. And, and so I hope we focused a little bit more on, on what you guys were hoping for. Cause, cause you're yeah. right. I think a lot of you are right that, uh, episode breakdowns don't really matter as much. You know. Yeah. So thank Especially you for the emails. A lot They're of... great. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so please keep sending those to podcast at wewerygamers.com. You can also follow us. We're on YouTube. Uh, you search for We Were Gamers on there and hit that little subscribe. Uh, hit that little bell to be notified when we put up the new episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this very episode will be on there soon. And Hopefully... other We Were Gamers are coming uh, soon too. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm hoping before the end of January. We might be taking a January sabbatical from carbon scoring uh because there might be a little surprise on carbon scoring on what we're actually covering not like a huge surprise but like it might not actually be i don't know carbon scoring is gonna be interesting in february it's what i think <laughs> is the surprise that it's gonna be not star wars it's possible that's the only kind of surprise yeah, that's I think. that's basically what i was alluding to <laughs> okay that's weird um uh, it's it's funny no nah, cool it's funny you guys do what you want to do yeah uh and yeah so uh we're also on social media you know where it is uh at we were gamers twitter instagram facebook all the good places this podcast is distributed please follow us on those platforms too googles your apples your stitchers and spotify's and all that whatnot uh it would be great if you could do that for us yeah email us seriously talk to us about star yeah. trek we love it yeah, we do. We do truly love it, and we would not be mid season three in Discovery if we didn't love it. If we, yeah, if we did not love it, we would have stopped watching the show a while ago. <laughs> All right, until later. Uh, I'm going with Pike. Hit it. to mentally warm up a little bit here listen to this this will help you is it another sea shanty hell yeah it is <clears throat> okay i'm clicking on this mm-hmm. my desktop audio is gonna go crazy yeah is this like a techno version hell yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> Did they use the TikTok guy? Yep. Oh, yeah, totally.
This is great. It is great. Bump house. This is great. I know, dude. Oh, wow. Did you get the drop yet? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm definitely in it. The chorus started? Then, oh, yeah. yeah. It's good. It makes me want to, like, go long haul a boat or something. I don't know that it makes me want to long haul a boat. It definitely makes me want to go play Black Flag. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go play uh, Sea of Thieves, but I definitely could go for some Black Flag. All right, this is great. Yeah, uh, they somebody. I think it was Vanity Fair, maybe Variety, Rolling Stone. Somebody, one of those three, tracked down the uh, Copra Copra base copra yeah copra base the guy in the red shirt with the hat in the tiktok mm, okay who is the profundo uh bass which is like the lowest possible human tone you can make with your voice got it uh who does the bass in that song and uh it's a funny interview Apparently, nobody else in his family has that voice, so he scared the heck out of people when his voice dropped when he was 16. Oh, dang. Yeah. Pretty funny. I believe it. So he was in choir, I guess. And uh, because of gestures everywhere, Mm -hmm. uh, he can't sing, really. So he, he started trying to amplify folk songs and then came across sea shanties, and now he's just doing that. The, uh, my understanding is these, uh, this, like, this thing where people do, like, a sing and then they all, like, you know, add on parts of the singing and stuff on TikTok is very popular. It sure is, yeah. Not just with sea shanties, but with, like, all kinds of musical stuff. Oh, yeah. Where -hmm. where a person sings a song and then, or a cover or whatever, and then a bunch of people, uh, um. It's like a, it's like yeah, a musical chain letter that benefits all of us instead of it being some sort of chain letter you really want to ignore and throw away. Yeah. It's why all of the uh all the TikToks of it that you see have like the person's name in the lower right or whatever. Yeah. So that you know who the most recent person on top is and so then that's the Yeah. Uh like that's the that is the person who is on the left side of the screen, right? Yeah. Right. And then you know the rest of the videos or whatever. Right. It's it's interesting. I uh you know I'm not hip enough with the kids to install TikTok. I'm um, not gonna so, do that. Yeah. Yeah. But you can I, go to the website though. Eventually they show up on Twitter if they're good enough. <laughs> Pretty much. That's how I. That's how I ingest TikTok. It's a TikTok filter. 